at a life of total surrender, which means that at the end of the service, you ought to have come to the point where you will give your life totally to God. Amen. That is the whole motive of today's service. Close your eyes with me and let's begin to pray and usher ourselves into the service. If you are able to speak in the language of the spirit, just begin to charge yourself. The Bible says that he that speaketh in tongues, speaketh in unknown language. He speaketh mysteries, for he communicates with God. And so as you speak in tongues, you edify your spirit. And the Bible also says that as we worship, as we sing songs of thanksgiving, we enter into the throne of God. So just begin to exercise yourself in the spirit. Makato shada bragada E manana na kado shela branda saya anda liku shanda la ba. If you can't speak in tongues, speak in tongues. If you cannot speak in tongues, just worship. Just worship and thank the Lord. We edify our spirit man in the name of Jesus. Father, we commit ourselves unto you. Your word say that oh, and Paul said, I commend to you the message of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among the chosen of God. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 6, it says that this same good news is going about changing lives just as it came to you in the name of Jesus. Oh, and Paul said in Romans that the good news is the power of God at work. In Prakatosha, it says that scripture is inspired by the Spirit of God, which is able to pierce through every bone and marrow, to pull down struggles and make us come to the understanding of the Spirit of God. In Thank you, blessed Spirit of God. Thank you, blessed Spirit of God. Oh Lord, we thank you. Father, we give you glory. We thank you for your sweet presence in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Spirit of God, I pray that may you take absolute control. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare and decree whatever situation anybody came with, Lord, they are not living the same in the name of Jesus. Whatever sickness, whatever constraint, be it financial constraint, whatever challenge, whatever addiction, whatever disease, any cancer, any blood issue, any tumor, any chest pains, any menstrual pains, whatever issue anybody came with, Father, as your word go with, the Bible says that it is life to them that find it and healing unto their bodies. Father, I declare a total transformation, oh God. I pray that let your spirit brood over us. Oh Lord, whatever stronghold, let your word pierce through us and break them down. Father, we submit our hearts unto you, oh God. And we declare and decree in the name of Jesus that whatever that will serve as a distraction, spirit of God, we bring it down in the name of Jesus and we declare that oh God let our minds be tuned unto you that we will say that indeed you have done it in the name of Jesus Christ we pray hallelujah ambassadors yeah so today our theme is a life of total surrender to God and then we'll just look at three parts by the grace of God and then if there's time which there will be We'll pray. As for the prayer, we'll pray. But then if there's more time, we'll pray more. Hallelujah. Yes. So we'll look at what, what it means to surrender to God. You know, we are treating a life of total surrender. So we'll look at what it means to surrender to God. And then we'll look at why we have to surrender to God in the first place. And then finally, we'll look at how we will surrender to God. And then we'll pray. Hallelujah. So these three portions how we have to surrender to God, why we have to surrender to God, and then what it means to surrender to God. And then we'll pray. Amen. So what does it mean to surrender? Let's start with the first one. What does it mean to surrender? You know, largely, when we hear of the word surrender, it's, it implies giving something that is in your possession to another person. It could be rights, it could be... A life, it could be any possession that you have, giving it to another person, we would term it as surrender. So, I'm sure the law students and the political science students will know this the social contract theory. It says that the citizens surrendered their rights and authority and power towards the government. So, they are ruling on behalf of them. That is why when you are driving the car, the police can say, Stop, and you stop. Under normal circumstances, you don't have to stop. But since you are a citizen, you have surrendered that right of yours to him so that he has that power and authority to say stop, and then you stop. You understand? So when you give something that is in your possession to somebody, we say that you have surrendered unto the person. And then from another instance, when you stop resisting, okay, and submit to a higher authority or influence, we say that you are surrendering. You understand? If you are submitting to a higher authority, you are surrendering to that authority. If you stop resisting. So it means that in the first place, you acknowledge that that person is of a higher authority to you. Okay? So, for example, staying with your parents, you know that your parents have that authority over you. 
if for nothing at all, they are older than you. But some people choose to not submit to them. Okay, in that case, that person is not surrounding. But then if we say somebody has surrendered unto the parents, then it means that the person has submitted to the authority, that higher authority of the parents. The person has surrendered to the authority. Do you understand? So that is what largely we say to surrender means. Now let's look at some scriptures. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5. Yeah. And this they did, not as hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. This they did by first doing what? Giving themselves unto the Lord. That is the long and short. When we say a Christian has surrendered to God, it means giving your all to God. I mean, this was Paul speaking about how the people of Corinth were so gracious upon them and then gave them money. When prophet Agabus prophesied that there's going to be famine in Jerusalem and they contributed, they said they should go and give it to them. Now, it says that they, they contributed and gave to them. But first, they gave themselves unto the Lord. They gave themselves unto the Lord. Before they gave their money to be given to the people at the church. So, in Christian sense, in the kingdom of God, as we are all seated here, in the kingdom of God, when we say to surrender to God, it means you are giving your all to God. You are giving your all to God. So your all means your all. Whatever comes to your mind about you is to God. Your all means your all. So the songwriter will say, I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Come back, 
some of the things. Then you know what I said? The modus schoolers, the modus in, when I can say, God, this one is unto you. Do you understand? But when I went for the academic writing, that I was understanding the semantic web and all those things. That one, I didn't say, oh, God, unto you. I said, oh, this one, yeah, I understand. But when it came to the modus polens and all those things, I said, God, this one unto you. So you see that in that sense, I heard, for the song says that we surrender all unto God. So whether you understand or you don't understand, you surrender all unto God. Do you understand? Now, as humans, we are made up of three dimensions. Our spirit, our body, and our soul. As stated in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Says that man is made up, man is a spirit, he dwells in a body and has a soul. So the soul is the link between the spirit and then the body. Okay, now the scripture that we read, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. The first part, the verse 1, talks about surrendering your body. He said, I beseech you, brethren, to give your bodies unto God what as what a living sacrifice. That is your body surrendering it unto God. Then the second part, which is the verse 2, it says that do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renew of your mind, so that you know the perfect, good and pleasant will of God. That one deals with your mind, submitting your soul to God. Then Romans chapter 10 verse 10 talks about surrendering your spirit unto God. It says that if thou shalt Believe in your heart. Now thou shalt confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Thou shalt be saved. So you see the three dimensions. And the first aspect we surrender to God is your spirit. When you become born again, your spirit is changed. So you surrender that to God. But for our bodies, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55 to 58, it says that, and when Christ comes, he shall defeat death. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 downwards, talks about the fact that our bodies will be changed. So this body, this mortal body, it will be changed into the heavenly body. So that is yet to come. Then it says that our mind is being transformed. So that is a gradual process. Which means that day in, day out, we have to surrender to God. Surrendering to God is not a one-day affair that we come today. So today after this service, we, we sing, I surrender all, and then we surrender to God. And then the next day, I can't do it on my own. No. Surrendering to God is on a daily basis because of the renewing of our mind. Hello. In the, in, in the beginning, the, the book of Genesis, when he spoke about the fact that when man sinned, he says, and the spirit of God departed from man, and so man died, the spiritual death. Now, when man died, he was doing his own thing. So, you see, the body has become corrupt. Now, this moves us to the second aspect of our discussion. Why we need to surrender. The first one is that because every man needs God. Hello, tell your neighbor, you need God. You need God. Everybody, everybody born of a woman. That is why Jesus, your Jesus, who died to save you when he came to earth, he surrendered to God the Father. 
every man born of a woman, unless maybe I will, you carved you out of a tree. Probably you are Wonder Woman. How many of us have watched that cartoon and that movie? Wonder Woman said she, she wasn't giving birth to you. Just scribbled some sea sand and cut some blood on her and then she came out. Unless you are Wonder Woman. But if you are born of a woman, you need God. You know, God created man in such a way that we need him to survive. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. Let's read it and let's go. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And man became a living soul. So what made man to live? The breath of God. That is in man. So let God take his breath to be left with your body. We all need God. Let nobody deceive you. People can come up with whatever theories they want to come up to with their evolution theory, whatever, whatever. Yes, it is there. They can give concrete arguments as to why they are saying so, but it is the truth that you need God. All the other religions you may know, check what they are looking for. Everything they acquire, everything they attain, you see that there's still a hunger for God. That peace when you experience, when you come to Christ, there's no way that person is experiencing. But because the prince of this world has blinded their eyes, sometimes when you say they don't want to understand. But we pray that they will come to the understanding of these things. Hallelujah. So you see, you need God. Because without God, you are nothing. Man in himself, we cannot self-exist. It is only God that can say, Mene you understand? That's why he says, I am. You, you can't, to me, found sense. You won't say, me, 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 me. What kind of car she put? No, I saw you, I can say, me, 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 me. Hello? It is only God that has that capacity, ability to say that he is God. Every other thing depends on God. In fact, every other thing, including Satan, the lake of fire, and every other thing was created by God. So everything depends on God. Everything. Whatever your mind can come about, it was created by God. For God created man, and he gave man the ability to reproduce. So whatever science is creating, God gave that ability to man. It was in man. So man is rediscovering. So Pastor Utabi will say that scientists don't manufacture knowledge. They do what? They discover. It was there, and they took the cover off. They are not the people to bring it out. Probably they are the first person to discover it. You give that credit to them, but it was there already. And who put it there? God. Beloved, understand me when we say that we need God. God is not a mystery that people try to wrap their heads around it and all that. The last time I was listening to something, they said God was introduced so that it would tame man. You understand? God makes man calm, so... That is why they brought that whole God concept. But God is real. God is there. And we need God. That is the first thing. The first reason why I need God. You need God. Hallelujah. The first reason why I need God. And you need God. Now, the second aspect is that because of the account of the fallen nature of man, 
if you do not surrender to God, you are forever under the lordship of Satan. You are forever under the lordship of Satan. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Yeah. And he had, he quickened, who were dead in transgressions and sin, wherein in the time past, he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of powers of the air, and the spirit that now worked in the children of disobedience. Verse 3. Among who also we all had our conversion in time past, in the last of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. The long and short of this scripture is that before, this is Paul speaking, and he says that before we came to Christ, we were like them who were disobedient to God. And everybody who is disobedient to God is under the rulership of Satan, the God of this world. Second, is it second or first Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4? It says that, and the prince of this world, Satan. First John chapter 2, verse 15 and 6, it says, for all that is of this world, the last of the eyes, the last of the flesh, and the pride of life. These are what rules man. You understand? So if you don't surrender to God, you will forever be this. That is why the Bible says that he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his marvelous light. The kingdom of his marvelous light. So if you don't surrender to God to first of all be saved, and secondly to be transformed, you would forever be under total darkness, the rulership of Satan. That is the truth. Now, the sad aspect is that the person who has been saved and has not been transformed is virtually living like the one who has not been saved. Because the moment you are saved, you become an enemy to Satan. So, as for those who have not been saved, Satan does not worry themselves anymore. He, he knows that these people, they are already obeying me. What I say is what they do. So he doesn't have to spend his time chasing you and all that. But you, the moment you give your life to Christ, that is where Satan will say, ah, so you are now my enemy. Because he's enemy to God. You are now my enemy. Then he begins to attack you. His focus is on you. That is why you have to be transformed. So the Bible says that he has translated us what? Into his marvelous light. Where light means insight. So you gain that insight. To be able to resist the darts that the devil will be throwing at you. So, a born again Christian who is not transformed, life will ship you like you are an unbeliever. You see, that's why most people sometimes will begin to complain. Ah, ah, we are. I, I hope all of you understand me. And some of you don't understand me. Some of you don't understand me. You see, some people will, will tend to look at others and will be like, This one, you know. He has not given his life to Christ. But he's living so, it's, it's like the life is so perfectly well than me that I've given my life to Christ. And I read from the scriptures that if you are in Christ, this, this, this blessing, this blessing, this blessing, this blessing. But it looks like the one who is not in Christ is rather enjoying those blessings than I who is in Christ. That is because you have not been transformed. You have not accessed 
the marvelous light. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 11, it says, in Christ Jesus is hidden all the treasures of wisdom. It didn't say in Christ Jesus. So. It says in Christ Jesus is hidden, which means that when you come to Christ Jesus, you have to dig deeper. It says deep, collect unto deep. So it's not just about coming to Christ Jesus. You have to dig deeper. Hello? We are still talking about surrendering to God. Why you need to surrender your life to God. I hope you are on the same page. Hands up in your heart. If you are lost, hands up in your heart. We will come and, the Spirit of God will come and rescue you. If you are lost, you raise your hand in your heart. The Spirit of God will come and rescue you. That, that is the second one, right? Now, the, the last part is that if you do not give your life to Christ, you are not going to fully enjoy the benefits that God gives unto us, the full promises of God, because you will not have access to that marvelous light. Everybody benefits from the Lord, for the Lord gives rain to both the poor and the rich, the evil and the good. Everybody benefits from the Lord. But there are some things, it is the preserve of the children of God. Hallelujah. Now, for you to enjoy that, you ought to surrender your life unto God. So you see the, the story of the prodigal son. As long as he was with the father, he was enjoying everything. The moment he left the father, he started making foolish decisions. As long as he was with the father, as long as he was surrendering to the authority of the father, everything was going on well. Until he decided to break away, not to surrender. As far as Adam was under the lordship of the Lord, he was enjoying everything in the Garden of Eden until he decided to disobey and break away. Now he had to dig himself that by the sweat he would eat. But that wasn't so. So already the Lord is speaking to somebody. The semester has begun. Don't say you can do it on your own and go and do to live a stress-free life, surrender to God. This is the best advice you can get if there are some level hundreds here. Surrender to God. Surrender to God. Now, let's quickly look at how we surrender to God and then we'll zoom into prayer. There are other things that we can look at, but the, the first one with respect to surrendering to God is acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus Christ. For it says, Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. Whatever we saw Jesus did, he represented God. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11, it says that and Jesus has been exalted high, giving the name that is above every other name, that at the mention of the name Jesus, every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus is Lord. The name Lord to the glory of the Father. So Jesus is Lord. You acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus. Now, we have already established that to surrender means surrendering to the higher authority. So, Jesus is that highest authority, higher above every other name that we ought to surrender unto. Hello? So, if you are not born again, you submit yourself unto him. If you are born again, you continually submit yourself to him that he will transform you. Hallelujah. Now, the key to acknowledging the Lord Jesus Christ is a contrite heart. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, verse 26, it says, My son, give me your heart. And in Psalm 51, verse 17, it talks about the kind of heart that he requires of you. A contrite and a broken heart, 
Now, let me give you a classic example of a contrite and a broken heart so you know how to surrender yourself unto God. Let's look at the story of Saul and David. For the Bible says that Saul was supposed to wait for the prophet Samuel so that they offer the offering before they go to the war. But Saul waited and Samuel was not coming. So he realized that the troops were falling away and he himself, in the capacity of a king, decided to offer, which was left for the prophet and the priest. He offered the sacrifice. And when Samuel came, he said, Saul, what hast thou done? And then he started saying, and because you're not coming and the troops were going and all that. Then Samuel said, because you have done this, the kingdom has been taken from you and the Lord has already chosen another person. And who did the Lord choose? King David. Now you see the way Saul did it. He did something wrong. He was confronted. Why did you do this wrong? And he started complaining. And the troops were going and all that. That is why. The Bible does not account that Saul apologized. He was explaining for what he did. Which is what sometimes we do. Like what was done by the the Pharisee and then the, the publican at the place of prayer. He said, Lord, I pay my tithe. I do this. That's what most of us we do when we go before the Lord. Lord, I pay my tithe. I do this. I serve in church. I'm an usher. I'm an elder. Why is this happening? No. But the publican went. He said, Lord, I am a sinner. I'm not even worthy to look up to you. That is the state of working. Now, comparing Saul and David, so far, if, if you, you have not taken your time to read the story, so far what you have heard people say, Saul and David, who sent them all? David. But did you hear that the Lord took the kingdom from him? It is from his descendants that Jesus came. Because the moment the prophet will come, chairman, you have done this, done this, done this. Lord, forgive me. He says he was a man after the heart of God. That realization that, Lord, I need you. Lord, I am sorry. You acknowledge your fault. You don't go before the Lord and speak to him like your boss. Then you go and say, yeah, Charlie, I've come. What's up? Then you put your hand in your pocket. Let's, the way you are talking to your friend. You sit and you cross your leg. No. You acknowledge that he is Lord. You submit to him. Hallelujah. Now, let's quickly look at this and then we'll pray. This is just a litmus paper to test whether you have surrendered to God or not. First, the person who has surrendered to God is zealous. Is zealous to honor the Lord in every aspect of his or her life. In every aspect of his or her life. You are zealous in honoring the Lord in every aspect of your life. Zealous in honoring the Lord. Second, the person who has surrendered to God is willing to do everything that the Lord says. Willing to do everything that the Lord says. And you can only hear what the Lord says when you stay in the place of fellowship. So some of us, we have had this period, strike. The lectures are striking. Since we came to school, somebody has finished one series, has not finished one chapter of a Bible. And you want to know the Lord and know his will. There must be a hunger, a deep test for the Lord. As it said in Songs of Song, chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. It says that as I lay on my bed, I thought about my lover. And I could not find him. I went out and I saw the men on duty. And I asked them, have you seen my lover? And they said no. And not long after I have left them, 
I saw my lover. I took him by the hand and I took him to my matrimonial house. And there I was with my lover. The verse 5 says that it says, Oh, thou women of Jerusalem, do not awaken love until the time is due. So please, if you are not ready to submit to the Lord, if you are not ready to spend time with the Lord, you don't have any business surrounding your life to God. It's just like saying you want to come to school. Once you are in the university, you can't say you will not learn. If you will not learn, please, you don't have any business come to university. Once you are in school, you will do IA. You will do exams. Hello. So some of us think that, oh, we've heard about the hell story, so we don't want to go to the lake of fire. So let's just accept Christ Jesus so that you will be our savior. No, it is in two. You have to submit to the Lord. Hallelujah. You have to submit to the Lord. Rise up to your feet and let's begin to speak to the Lord. Let's begin to speak to the Lord. So many has been said. Probably there's the one, that one thing that has fallen upon your heart. Rise up to your feet. You, you have heard a lot. Time is fast spent. If you are here and you know deep in your heart, deep in your heart, you have not surrendered your all unto God. Which means that as for you, you are not born again. You have not experienced the new birth that comes with accepting Christ Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. This is a heart-to-heart affair. Wherever you are standing, you don't need to walk forward. Wherever you are standing, just speak to the Lord. He says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. Now, if you believe in your heart that you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and you want to accept him, now begin to confess that, Lord, I am a sinner. I have come to the understanding that I need you. And so I surrender my all. Be my Lord and my Savior. Just say that prayer. It is a heart-to-heart affair with the Lord. And when we are done with the prayer, make sure, make sure that you quickly, right after service, or even before the day go by, you go to your class. Everybody here has a hall. Go and see your class leader or your wing leader or any of the executives. Let them write your name so that there will be a constant check on you that you will grow. Now, if you are also on this category, that's probably when you went home, you didn't have time to fellowship and all that. So many things has been done. So you know that, Charlie, your relationship with God is still intact. But then the fellowship with God has eroded. So you want to rekindle that fellowship with God. You want to surrender your all unto God at this point. Just begin to speak unto the Lord. That, Lord, I acknowledge that I have not been of a good son, a good daughter, fellowshipping with you at all point. I have not done that like that with the psalmist said. For the psalmist said in Psalm 27 verse 1 to 4, he says that, oh Lord, you are my rock and my fortress. He says that, oh, one thing that I desire, the verse 4, said that I will dwell in the presence of the Lord all the days of my life. 